if I'm going to come to Miami, I'm going to say like, so where should we go? Like, tell us what to do. Like, cause you live there. You're the most curious person in your group and your friends always come to you and say like, so where should we go for dinner? And that's the kind of person who I always wanted to find and bring that kind of intelligence into the magazine. I wanted to try and find a way to do something that was like, you can't Google this. Hi, this is Emily Nolan, and you are listening to Brave Talks. Today on the show, we have Yolanda Edwards. We're talking about brave new worlds and how the YOLO journal began. Yolanda Edwards shares her experience in the travel sector of publishing with Condé Nast and how the free falls of life led her and her husband to create a new kind of travel quarterly, the YOLO Journal. Yolanda and I discuss how our advertisement-driven world can threaten creative integrity and the commitments they've made to defending it. I hope you enjoy this episode. I had kind of always... um... I'd always had in my head what I wanted to do if, if I could make my own magazine, you know, which is, a, you know, when you're working for a big company, it's like you always have these fantasies, but they're very naive because like it takes a ton of money and it takes a, like, if you're going to make a magazine, um, you know, it's, it's that, that sort of tension that happens where you're like, when you're in a bigger, bigger company, you, it, you have this luxury of criticizing what's happening there, but you don't really know all the behind the scenes things and the history of why it's like that. So I, I always had this like, oh, well, I would do it this way, or I would do it that way. But then when I actually didn't have my job anymore, I was like, oh my God, like I've been in this business for a long time. So I have a lot of contacts. And so bringing the stories in was not going to be a problem. Finding an art director, not a problem, but actually like making the thing happen. That was a little bit like, well, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. There were a lot of these things that were very intimidating about, I didn't know how I was going to do that. My husband and I had been talking about doing a magazine with in the men's lifestyle space. He was watching the photography business sort of fall apart because digital had just changed the landscape so drastically. And I said, why don't you just start a blog? Because you're so in, you're such an ideas guy and you get the most excited about food and travel and cars and watches, but like, what you're actually interested in doesn't have anything to do with what you're actually assigned as a photographer. Mm -hmm. So he started this blog because that's what you did in 2009 and kind of developed a following and, and then Instagram came along and, um, and it sort of became an Instagram thing. And through that, he ended up getting um, a book, uh, deal about men and their watch collections. And, and so it's called a man and his watch. And he sort of transformed from being this photographer into being an editor and a writer. And, um, he also worked at Condé Nast Traveler with me and, um, and with Pilar, who was the editor in chief. And we're all very tight friends. And so Pilar's always been like this great support and was like, I just, I know you're not a traditional editor, Matt, but like you love watches, you should cover the watch market. So all of a sudden, like when, when we lost our jobs, 
it wasn't just that I lost my job. It was that he lost his job. Our best friend lost her job. And it just, I don't know, he sort of felt like, God, that was like just such a blow (laughs) because at the same time, a blow because we felt so naive. Like we knew it was an unsustainable um, uh, career that it was going to change, but it just, it just kept going. And so at a certain point you kind of forget like and imagine like, well, maybe this is just the one magazine that's not going to be hit and we're going to have our jobs happily ever after. And then you just feel stupid. Like, why did I put all of our eggs in that basket? So Matt and I had been talking about doing this magazine of his. And so we, we started taking photographs that summer and building out content. And then we came home from our trip or the next evening, we wake up in the middle of the night to like the loudest crashing sound outside our apartment. It's literally, I was like, well, a tree just fell on a car. There's tons of cars on the street. Well, it fell on one car and that was our car. And (laughs) it was totaled. (laughs) And basically the insurance came out and they were like, well, yep, we're totaling the car. And the way it all worked out was like, essentially we bought a new car, but we had this check for the other car. And um, we put that, Matt was like, well, that's the money we're going to take and put into making this magazine. So we started making William Brown with the tree falling on our car money. And that came out in like December of 2018. And because Matt had been involved in making the book, he kind of, he had been a little bit closer to the sort of printing side of things. He just, and also being a photographer, he kind of, he he was able to navigate that. So we had a printer um, and then we very naively, the day that the magazines came out, we put it up on Instagram and said, available, (laughs) like just um, go to Matt's website. And like the next morning we woke up and there were like, 1500 orders and i was like oh my god well we have to send these out like people want them like now so here (laughs) now i'm like at the post office and i'm figuring you know it was like that the kind of blindness to like what it actually meant to do that was i think why we were able to do it because otherwise like if somebody really walked me through like you're gonna have to do all of these things and this is then what will happen i probably would have said like yeah maybe i will just spend some time on linkedin and find like a real job you know um so it started to feel like even for years when i was at traveler like there's something we're not answering here and i always felt that there were the most interesting people out there who were traveling all the time, were not travel writers. You're, you're either somebody who's uh, obsessed with finding like the perfect little place in the neighborhood and you know exactly what to order there because you've tried everything and you're super curious. And it doesn't mean like you're a rich person who's like flying privately and staying at five-star hotels. It just means like you're the most curious person in your group and your friends always come to you and say like, so where should we go for dinner? 
And that's the kind of person who I always wanted to find and bring that kind of intelligence into the magazine, because that's really what we all really want. If I'm going to come to Miami, I'm going to say like, so where should we go? Like, tell us what to do. Like, cause you live there. I wanted to try and find a way to do something that was like, you can't Google this. And then also on the other side with photography, I'm a big fan of photography. And this is the part that Instagram can't do. Instagram can like take you away on your, your little screen, but there's something about the kind of old world sensibility of like turning pages, immersing yourself into a thing and kind of getting lost in it. That's where I think print is super valuable in that like, it's the contrast to, um, you know, the device. There are many more people who follow me on Instagram than there are who subscribe to the magazine. So I know that for, for some people, a magazine just isn't, that's just not a part of their world. It's like too cumbersome or it's too expensive or it's just, it's just not, it's not what they want in their life. Um, but I think there are a lot of people who really want this kind of like turning the pages and like really falling into the kind of um, escapism that print provides. I was talking to Patty actually about, you know, what my inspiration in life would be if I didn't have Pinterest, if I didn't have Instagram, and if all I had to draw my resources and inspiration from was um, travel, experiences that I've had and my personal taste and you know what i've seen in, in hardback books mm -hmm. so if that's all i could see if i didn't have access to this mm -hmm. all the time and if i didn't have access to knowing that scandinavian modern was the new thing mm -hmm. how would i design my mom mm -hmm. that's kind of surface level and then you dig mm -hmm. a little bit deeper how would i educate my child how mm -hmm. what, what kind of opinions would i form um you know what kind of news would I read? What books would I pick up? Right. Right. So it gets a lot, um, for me, much more rich. Mm -hmm. I don't find like you were saying, when I get on my phone, there's all these, you know, I just got a message from my contractor, you know, like now all right. of a sudden thinking about this house I want to build. And then yeah. I was, I was deep into learning about the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist yeah. Movement. And now I'm immediately thrown into how many square feet do I want this? You know, so I, um, but I found it to be so much more enriching to live life the way that life was meant to be lived in this like very present state, mm -hmm. buying the actual tangible thing and then digesting right. it and keeping it and using mm -hmm. it as a resource. One of my questions, you know, everything is about advertisement and it's so, it's frustrating to the point where I just stop researching where to go or what mm -hmm. to buy because everything is paid for. All mm -hmm. the comments are bought, all the, you know, influencers are paid off to, to share about it, to share about whatever the product is or the hotel or this. Mm -hmm. I've been paid in the past to go to resorts and say, this is the best resort in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. You've got to come here. But is it, mm -hmm. is it really, is this the place I would have paid $10,000 to bring my right. family here to immerse themselves in the jungle? So it's like fraudulent to me. Yeah. I mean, there is an exchange there. Yeah. 
like I'm getting paid for it. But there came to a point in my life where I was like, my voice has so much power over other people's, you know, purchasings and um, it has so much influence that I really have to start thinking about what I'm talking about and not just be a puppet. And I've started to feel very homogenous because I got really far down this influencer path because I had a fair amount of followers and people wanted to pay me to talk about things. And if you want to pay me, like that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And all I have to do is post a picture and a few stories and a link and write a post and whatever, like, okay. So, you know, similar to a digital magazine in a way. So Mm -hmm. I just got so sick of myself. Like, mm-hmm. what am I, this isn't even what I wanted to do. Like, how did I get so right. far down this path? And so I think it's interesting with YOLO. And I don't know if you do this where, and I don't think you do, but there's no advertising, you know, it's like purely your voice. And I feel that that uh, this authenticity is really, really rare these days, especially when it comes to reviews. Mm-hmm. Am I right? You know, there was a coming from Condé, like my, my big goal was like, well, I have to have at least like the back cover and the inside covers, like, you know, I need to have at least some. And I had ideals about what I really wanted that to be. But I'm not a salesperson. And I I don't have those relationships. Like I know those people, but as an editor, I'm not somebody who ever sat on the sales side and, and had those dialogues with people where it's like, well, Hey, you like what I do. I'd like you to support what I do. Mm -hmm. So I was like kind of waiting for this just to like fall from the sky that all of a sudden I was going to have, you know, Cartier and Cartier on the back cover because I really was very clear and I, I still would be very happy to have Cartier on the back cover. But it's the problem of advertising is that the advertisers at a certain point became too powerful and the editors were kind of put in this stranglehold of like, you have to write about our advertisers, um, otherwise they'll pull it and we need that money to survive. And so I think that, um, you know, that's why we did cruise issues. Nobody on our staff ever wanted to go on a cruise, but there we were going on cruises, writing about them because we had a gun to our head. Like, if you don't do this, you will like watch 10 people lose their jobs, you know? So it was that kind of that pressure. And so I was like, I don't want to make a magazine if I got to go back into being compromised. So it's a lot more work to do consulting. I definitely will do some things that are like sort of influencer ish. Again, it's not like it's not in the travel space. It's like doing something with Club Monaco. It's a brand I like, you know, it's, it's about their anniversary. That's not a hard thing for me to do. But if I had to do something where it was with a, um, a hotel group that I wasn't aligned with, but they threw a lot of money at me, then it's like, well, then what, why am I even doing this? Like, it's back to the, you could do a lot of other things and make more money and have more stability. Like I've worked too too hard to sell myself out at this point. 
And YOLO isn't even about the money right now because you have. No. And, and also I feel like I owe it to the people who are so generous with me to give me their content for the magazine. Like I have to be, it has to be honest for them too. That's um, yes, no advertising at this point. <laughs> and probably, you know, like I said, if, if I do have any, it will be very clear that it's a, it's a um, adjacency of like a brand that I actually respect. I've got a pitch for you. Yeah. So I stopped, I started recording after I think I mentioned the motel thing. So right. I'll, give, I'll give the listeners a little background. So my husband and I own motels and we have, I think like five or six right now. As you can see, I'm a really good motel owner because I know how many hotels. <laughs> five or six. <laughs> In the ballpark of five yeah. to something. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's Americana, right? Mm-hmm. It, is, it is America. And you remember when motels were, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but like my mom, coming from a military family and her parents, my grandparents, they would go on trips and stay in motels and then Mm -hmm. go, go around areas. And, and like, that was what people did for travel. And you would stay at the pool and you would lounge at the motel. And the only thing that I can liken it to these days is like, if, if you're young is Palm Springs, you know, but but less like hipster. Right. And more traditional American. Mm -hmm. So, the the pitch would be well you're traveling you you just got back from France but an Americana motel um, travel traveling not so luxury but like real um, like get into America one of the most I thought beautifully traumatic experiences which was it was a poetic experience because it was so enriching. Um, and so traumatizing was driving through I-95 from Miami to Washington, D.C. and seeing how different the ideals of America is to each little community that you drive through. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible. I mean, my neighborhood here is Biden signs the whole way. And then you you leave this little enclave and it's, Trump signs, and then there's Trump parades, and then there's Biden again, and then there's Trump, and it's not necessarily all politics, but that's like, right, you know, a very like minutia of like what I'm right. actually saying. The, everything is so different. Every yeah. little city you go to, and mm-hmm. you know, that's for me. When my husband and I traveled before COVID, we traveled internationally. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize was in America, it's almost so international here because Miami is its own country. Yeah. Let's be honest. It is totally. like so different than the rest of Florida. Yeah. And uh, every little place is just so different. And, and to me, it was so beautiful and tragic because y- you have to, to, to understand like, pluribus unum and truly like why America was established Mm -hmm. upon like your truth and my truth and recognizing them both as as a piece of the whole you know and so this is a longer longer story of of why it could be cool to write about like Mm -hmm. you know the 
the heart of American travel, the history of American travel. Yeah, 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 totally. No, I think I think that um, one of the upsides of um, you know that I think there are plenty of silver linings that we've all discovered. Um, sort of for ourselves personally, and then on a bigger level of the whole pandemic. And I think one of the things is like, people are definitely exploring their own country. Um, and it's really great to see all these people like in national parks and in, you know, just play whatever, like Maine, mm-hmm. driving up, driving up the coast or wherever it is that they're going. But yeah, I, I love, I love the, I mean, I'm always, I've always been a fan of the road trip. I love this country. I just, um, the first thing I wanted to do as soon as the pandemic, you know, it's like mid-March, I was like, where are we going? We got to get out of here. We got to go. <laughs> and my husband was like, no, we're not, we're, we're not going anywhere. Like, we don't know what's happening. I'm like, got to hit the road, got to go, got to get, get, got to get out of here. And we just went upstate and we were there for like three months, but like, I kind of feel like it was really good for me to just be grounded and not move at all and kind of sit with myself and with my feelings, which I think is, you know, travel is also a great escape and what are we escaping? And so, so I think it's a, it's an interesting, it's been just a very interesting time for so many people. I think now it feels, it starts to feel, I mean, granted, we're all kind of in this like weird second wave or whatever. For some, it's a second wave for others. It's like the wave has just. (laughs) Tidal wave in Miami still going it's never had a break um and so but i do think that the the sort of limitations on movement are starting to really um become very overwhelming to many people um i did just go on this trip and i was only able to go because it was a business it was a work trip. And so I had a business letter that was for my husband and our daughter. And it was like, without that, there was no way we were going to get on the plane, but I can't tell you how many people sent me messages saying, you know, like, I'm like crying watching this, but in a good way, like I, I didn't have any negative um, feedback from anybody, which was kind of amazing because, yeah, I I was sort of, I was anticipating that people might be like, you know, what are you doing? Like this, is that safe or, um, and it was very, I think I kind of like preempted it by saying like, here's what I'm doing. Here's how had to have the negative test had to, you know, have to have a letter like I'm, I'm not more special. I'm just here working. Like I'm not breaking rules. Like, and if you kind of like come at it in this preemptive way, I think then people sort of feel like they're a part of it with you instead of like, why are you there? You know, but it's, it's, um, it's just amazing uh, and crazy how empty it is everywhere, you know, and uh, 
I just really hope that that we're all able to get back out there because these I just feel for all of the businesses, not just not just in faraway lands in our own lands, you know, it's like all of our restaurants and all of our people who work in these restaurants and hospitality and the devastation of that all of this is besides just for some on a um, physical level, you know. One of the things that has come up for me, our country. Right. Yeah. America, how was it founded? How, you know, why does it look the way that it looks? And, Mm -hmm. and when I travel through it, um, you can see the ideals of each, you know, not even um, state, but city and, yeah. and town and how it changes and why it's that way. Right. I love maps and I love history. I share maps with my son and talk to him about different, different places. That's so great. Well, it's been wonderful chatting with you and how you got started and thank you so much definitely i want to know some of the names of the five or six motels (laughs) (laughs) well it's so nice to chat with you you too you too thank you You just listened to Brave Talks with Yolanda Edwards talking about Brave New Worlds and how the YOLO journal began. If you want to follow up on this episode, you can always sign up for my monthly newsletter on emilynolan.com. All of your replies to my monthly newsletter go straight to my personal inbox and I love hearing from you all. I look forward to hearing from you and I hope you enjoy more episodes.